Hi, welcome everybody. It is Wednesday, the 7th of April, 2021. Welcome to the 100 Pounders meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. My name is Rita Q and today I am delighted to present Tim C. Tim C has been in OA for over 11 years. He's been absent after a relapse and he, he has lost nearly 100 pounds. And Tim is gonna tell us exactly how, share his experience, strength and so, hope today. So take it away, Tim. Thank you very much, Rita. Um, I do apologize. I did not realize that this was uh, this meeting was conflicting with our camping trip. Um, so that's why I'm in the car here. And um, my name is Tim. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm coming up next month. I'll be um, absent uh, 12 years um, back from relapse, which I'll get into with my story. And I'm down. I, I, I like to get just very clear. I weigh once a month and I just like to give the exact number because my disease just loves the, <clears throat> loves the gray areas. So I've been, I'm down 97 pounds as of this month. Um, let's see, I didn't grow up a heavy child. I grew up in the Midwest. Um, we grew up on, it wasn't a working farm, but there was just a lot of chores. We did have a lot of animals, we had horses. We had, I think a cow at one point, we definitely had pig. So we had a lot of, a lot of, we were either doing one of two things. We were either, we were either working or we were playing the sport. There was, there was five of us. So my, my mom and dad kept us busy. And so, um, we were really encouraged to eat big meals. We were encouraged to eat up, eat up. They were constantly eat, finish what's on your plate, finish what's on your plate. And, and I never really had a problem doing that. And, um, I can remember the first time, one of my earliest memories, as far as it goes with food was, um, uh, my mom was uh, spaghetti and meatballs was my favorite. And, uh, we, my mom would cook the meatballs and put them in the in the sauce and is i could i could scoop them out of a hot pan as quickly as what do you call it? I, I i would walk by and scoop them out and eat them as i would go um that was my earliest memory and then we'd get to dinner and, and they'd be like well, where's the meatballs i'd be like i don't know um and so uh when i was maybe in sixth grade i i uh I did something strange. I, I was starting to get interested in girls, but I just didn't know how to approach them. I, it wasn't, it wasn't something that came naturally to me. So I came home from our bus ride and I was always starving after I came home from school. Um, and I got, I, my mom had, wasn't home that day for some reason. Uh, so I got a, a loaf of bread out and, and I didn't have the intention to, but I got the butter and the toaster out. And I, as fast as that, as fast as I could butter it, toast it and butter it, I could eat it. I could keep up with that system. Uh, and all of a sudden, the whole loaf of bread was gone. And my mom was like, you ate, you ate a whole loaf of bread? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, you still have to eat your dinner. And I'm like, okay. Um, and I remember feeling a little stuffed, but it wasn't, it wasn't a problem eating, eating past stuffed. Um, and like I said, I didn't grow up a heavy child. Uh, when I first started noticing I ate differently was when I went to high school. We kind of grew up on the farm. Um, and, and then, uh, when I, between my, uh, eighth grade year and my freshman year, we moved to like, kind of like Beverly Hillbillies. We moved to a very nice section of town. And, um, I, I, I was like, they, these guys don't eat like me, but what they did was they drank and, and I fit really well out on the farm. I fit really well with the farm kids. So, and I really want to fit in. I want to fit in with whoever, whoever, whoever I'm with. Uh, um, and so what I did, I started drinking and, and alcohol did for me alcohol and, and yeah, just alcohol really. And there was a little bit of drugs, but not, I can't say I was a drug addict. Uh, it did for me exactly what food did for me. It took that edge off. 
It took that edge off. And, and I'll get into that later. So basically, I, for myself, I use alcohol as basically like a diet from, from the age of 15 years old till the age of 29. Uh, I was maybe only, uh, um, you know, maximum of 30 to 40 pounds overweight. And uh, it wasn't a problem. It, it did exactly for me what, what food did for me. Um, uh, let's see, when I know one of the things that I started doing in high school was one of my big characteristics, and it's still something that hasn't, hasn't gone away, to be very honest with you, is quitting. Um, uh, I, if I wasn't the best at something, I didn't want to do it at all. And uh, I, I was a, a soccer player. But the high school that I was going to had just won the state championship, and they put in they put in um, a tryouts, and I was like, "Well, I, I'm not, I don't want to try out." So I went and played football. <laughs> now I was I remember my weight because they weighed me in at, at football practice. I was five foot two, and one hundred twenty three pounds, and that's not really the build of a football player. And so uh, um, I I tried really hard, but I quit that too. And then I went to wrestling. So if if I wasn't good at it right away. I quit. And that's really, I've, I've lived my life. I've, I've changed jobs. I've, I've left relationships. If it wasn't easy and, and just kind of go along, I just quit. I, and that's, I did that with jobs. I did relationships. I did it. Uh, and even with, I, I mean, I, I wasn't a big dieter, but I did that. I kind of did that with everything. Um, flat, fast forward um, about uh, till I was 29. Again, um, um, work is fine. You know, all that, that's all good. Um, uh, at 29, I was drinking pretty heavily. And then all of a sudden, uh, it, it kind of stopped. It was removed from literally from one day to the next. I, I, I've since, since that day in my life, I've never, I've wanted to drink one day and that was 21 years ago. And, and I was just like, I'm, I'm done drinking. I turned to the, I turned to the girl that I was dating and I said, I'll never drink again. And I, and I, that has been, that has been my experience. I've never had to call anybody. I've never had to inventory anything. I've never had to do anything to deserve that gift, to, to continue to keep that gift. And so, um, but what happened really quickly afterwards was I couldn't stop eating. I put on, I put on about 40 to 60 pounds quickly after that. The girl left me because again, that was a big part of our relationship. That was a drastic change. Uh, um, and I'm all black and white. If I can't do it, I just quit it. If I do it, I, I'm full tilt into it. And so um, she left and, and I was taking my comfort with extra food. And, and now, but, but something's going on. I can't shut it down even when I'm full. And so um, I put on so much weight so quickly. I, I remember I was walking my dog and it was a busy intersection. And um, uh, my back seized up right in the middle of the crosswalk. And I'm like, oh, I couldn't move. And so I, I, I had to move because the cars are going to start coming. So I had to, I, I shuffled over to the, so, to the sidewalk as quickly as I could. And then I had to stand there for 45 minutes just until my back kind of stopped, just stopped. I, I was so afraid to move. And, and then it, everything relaxed. And that really, I mean, I was so ashamed. Shame is a big driver for me. It really is. It's a, it, it's a uh, um, I'm going to, when I feel ashamed of myself, um, I'm going to get into action. And so what I, the action I got into is I just kept walking the dog. I, I, I just, and then I felt better. I felt, I seemed to feel better when I got back in. And so, oh man, I started running and I was like, I'm loving this. And I felt better. And, and it really was all about feeling better. I love 
feeling better. That's really my bottom line is I love to feel good. And so I, I, and so what did I do? I was like, Hey, this is great. I'll, I'll run a marathon. That's what I did. I, I saw, I don't think to this day I've ever run a, what do you call it? A marathon. I mean, anything less than a marathon. I've never run a 10, 10 K or five K or half marathon. I just went, I signed up to run the marathon, the Chicago marathon. And I ran the Chicago marathon. And as I'm driving back from Chicago to Ohio, I'm like, what's next? Cause I got, I had a sense that I, there wasn't something right about the way I ate. And if I stopped exercising, I was going to, I was going to gain the weight back. So uh, at this time, uh, the Ironman was really popular. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to run the Ironman. And they were like, um, well, you have to qualify to do that. And I'm like, you know what? I really, I'm not going to qualify. Um, I don't want to do a half one. I don't do, that's not the way I operate. Is, is there anything I can do to, to let you, to allow me to do this? And they're like, yeah, if you send us a thousand dollars entrance fee, we'll let you in. I'm like, perfect. I, I'll write a check. I will write a check, but I'm not going to work hard. So I wrote him a check and they let me in and I went and, you know, uh, nine months later, I did the, the what do you call it? The Ironman triathlon. And as I'm driving back from upstate New York, driving back to, from, uh, back to Ohio, I'm thinking what's next. Cause I, I knew if I stopped there, you know, I, and I literally, this was when the into thin air was coming and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. And I was like, great. I, so I made the call and I'm like, how much, how much to climb Mount Everest? And they're like $80,000. And I'm like, I'm like, hold on. Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm like, that's too much. We just hit a price that was too much, but within two months, and I wasn't aware of this is only looking back at my, I wasn't aware of any of this as I was going on. I was just, I was just eating and exercising. I could eat, I could eat as much as I could exercise off. In fact, during the Ironman, I gained a pound and they were amazed at that. Um, and I'm like, well, there's snacks every mile. There's snacks every mile at the, at, at, during the marathon. So I would, I would eat every mile and I gained a pound. Um, so, so within two months of finishing the Ironman, I moved, I pulled geographic all the way out to California. Cause again, I, I knew if I stopped now, my uncle who was my, my godfather and unfortunately who died from this disease, but was sober and alcoholics anonymous. He said, Tim, he goes, he goes, I think you're going to do really well out there in California. I think you're going to do well. He goes, but eventually you're going to show up. And I'm like, I'm like, ah, I don't know what kind of mumbo jumbo you're talking there, whatever. He goes, but I'm, I'm going to move anyway. And he goes, that's great. And so I moved out there and sure enough, he was right. After about a year, the exercise got boring, you know? And so what I did, that's perfect. So, uh, so what happened was as I was training for this, I, I tricked my brothers and sisters into doing and to doing the, um, another marathon with me. And as I was training, I met a guy and he, he showed me his picture and he says, Oh, I was like, because I was talking to him. I was like, I can't stop eating. I can't, what he call it? He's like, oh, he goes, you used to be like me. And I'm like, and he was standing in front of me at a normal body size. And he shows me a picture where he's obese. And he goes, I went to Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm like, I don't need, a, I just need a diet. I just need the right diet. And he goes, that's not what I needed. And so I went off to do the Chicago Marathon. And my best thinking the night before was to eat a large pizza in my room. And, and, and it just made complete sense. I don't know how it made sense, but that's the sense it made. So what did I do? Uh, the next day, the marathon did not turn out well. And, and, and what drove me to, to, to change was my brothers and sisters who were both first time marathon runners had a better time than me. And that was that I was ashamed of that. I was ashamed of that. And so what I did in the Chicago airport is I bought a diet book on the way back to uh, L.A. And that's I had even even when I was training for marathons and all, I never bought a diet book. I just was like, I'm going to eat what I want to eat. I'm just going to exercise it off. And in the Chicago airport, I bought that book. I read that book. I, I, Sunday night, I got all, I was going to have my first Monday morning. 
And by Monday at noon, I'm eating foods that I, sh- I that the books that I shouldn't be eating. And I'm eating, I just couldn't stop eating. I was famished. And I was like, I, I called that guy up and I said, hey, let's go to over. And, and I went through the steps very quickly. I went through them right out of the 12 and 12. Uh, I got right away that I have, I have uh, what do you call it? An obsession of the, I have um, uh, uh, foods that trigger the allergy. And I have a mind that's an obsessive mind. I got that right away. It was, I knew flour and sugar right away. I can't touch it. Perfect. My, I dropped, and, and I was only starting to go back up. I hadn't, I hadn't gone all the way back up. I had gained about 35 pounds, right? And I went to OA, and, I, and at first, I was very embarrassed at first. I, I didn't like it. I didn't want to be, I, I, it's just food. But then I eventually got into the middle of the herd. I, I, everything was going really well. I mean, I, I mean, I was going to fellowship afterwards, and I really like fellowship. I like talking, reasoning things out with people afterwards. Uh, um, and like the parking lot time, I really, I, I, I've never heard that. That's great. Um, and, uh, but then things started happening. The, the job started becoming the career. Uh, um, the girlfriend, you know, became the fiance. And everything's going so well. And I've got a little less time for meetings. I have a little less time for fellowship. I have a little less time. I'm still sending in my food. I'm still doing all the things that, that on the outside are exactly what I'm being asked to being do. But really what I'm doing is I'm just slowly edging towards the side of the herd. I'm just right to, right to, and again, because now it's Tim's plan again. It's not, it's not the OA plan. It's not the sponsor's plan. It's Tim's plan. I'm leaving meetings early so I can go to spin class so I can exercise. So now I'm back into controlling my weight through exercise. And I'm just getting, and it's working. See, that problem is it works for a while. But then what happens is now about six months in, I'm without defense with, against the first. And I can remember, I could see where I was at. And I knew I'd been playing with my abstinence up to that point. And the donuts and the donuts, I just love donuts. You know, I just, I love them. And so uh, uh, I was like, if you eat this donut, it's over. And I was like, oh, I, I had to stop. I recoiled just like, I, and I could cherry pick all sorts of stuff out of the big book. And what I do is, is uh, I, I, I refuse the bite the first time, but then by a little later on, I, I found the right excuse at the right time. And I went back and took it. And the lie was the one lie. And it's always the same lie is this time it's going to be different. This time it'll just be one. And sure enough, it was the rest that were in the box. And I was off and running. And my relapse lasted for five years. I was unwilling to humble myself, my binge lasted for five years. I was unwilling to humble my, my plan in that five years. And again, I wasn't aware of this. It's just through looking back, my plan, and there's always a plan. I'm going to lose the weight, and then I'm going to come back and tell you how I did it. And, you know, I kept it under control for a while because the fiance, I had to get her across the finish line to, to marry. Because, because if she knew who I was really was, if I really let it loose and I let my eating go, there was no, I didn't think there was any possible way she was going to marry me. So I kept it, I kept it to about only maybe 30 pounds overweight until the wedding. But then after, then after she was legally required to stay there, I was like, the game was on. And so I, I just, I just rocketed it up quickly right after, right after we, uh, um, uh, uh, and I was going, I just kept going. I found a couple of days of exercise. I knew which food stream, I knew where to come, where the solution was. And even during that time, my wife said, Hey, listen, maybe you want to go back. And I was like, you know, and, and I was, I, you know, you can catch me very rarely and I'll be honest, I mean, especially before a program, you know, and, and I was just like, I'm not ready. To, I'm not ready to do that work. And what happened was on May the 4th, 
my my wife and I were married a couple years. Um, we had a six month old daughter, and she had just gotten into a sleeping routine. And we've got we've got Netflix DVDs. I've gotten all my binge foods together. I convinced her let's go out and get pizza. But on the way to pizza, I got McDonald's and Wendy's and all. I'd eaten on all, all that and on the way back, and I eat ate the pizza and I could not stop it. I couldn't stop. I'm like this is crazy. As soon as there was any more room, I ate and I just was like I don't know. I can't stop. I was I was I was stuffed but starving. I mean, what a weird concept. But I just could not stop. And so on May the 5th, that May the 4th to May the 5th, something happened. I threw up in my mouth and I'd never done that before. I just threw up in the middle of the night as I was sleeping. And I'm like, oh my God, shame again. This I was like, I have been given, I have been given a great, the best education that money could buy. I have been given a excellent, a, a, a excellent work ethic. I have been given a, a, a really, a very good moral compass. And I have found a way to get here where I'm throwing it up in my mouth. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I, I, I was just like, what is wrong with me? And so I, so I was just, I came back into OA and I was really, I was beaten. But I, here's the thing is I snuck. I went from LA. I drove all the way out to Pasadena because I did not want to see anyone who knew me. I still wanted to protect my pride. I still wanted to protect it. And, you know, and this is just my experience. It, I, I, I had heard good recovery before, so I, I kind of, I, I, I think I knew what it was supposed to sound like, and I did not hear it at this meeting. And that actually kind of, not only it pissed me off <laughs> because I had gone to the meeting, but it also scared me too. It scared me that it was just like, I'm like, this might be my only shot. This might be the only time I am willing. I was never more willing to do anything than on May the 5th, 2009. Never. Uh, there was no debate. It was over. But I knew where I needed to go. And that was at the Sunday morning speaker meeting at 730 in uh, Studio City. That was where there was some solid recovery. That was where there was, I mean, there was the people that were serious about not, not just talking about uh, uh, what he called, they were serious about the business of recovery, the actions of recovery. What are we, what are we talking about here? We are we're not talking about the wife and the kids. We're, we are talking about how do I not hurt myself with food today? And then how do I help the next person? And I had always heard that at the Sunday morning meeting. And so I came back in and I got a sponsor and I got a sponsor who that when I saw him the first time, he was five years abstinent and down 140 pounds and a serious piece of business. <laughs> and now when I came back five years later, he was 10 years abstinent and still a serious piece of business. And so I'm like, what do I do? And he goes, hey, let's, where, do you, where, where are we going to start your absence? Very, it was very simple. And I knew, I knew right away, flour and sugar. He's like, great. He was like, I was like, perfect. So flour and sugar. And I was just so beaten. And he's like, how many meetings are you going to do? And I was really kind of unemployable because when I when I'm in the food, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't shrink away. I get, I go the other way. I get aggressive. And so, uh, um, I was, I was kind of unemployable. <laughs> I work in the freelance, I work as a freelance uh, person. So it's, it's all about relationships. It's all about, you know, getting along with other people. And I wasn't very good at that. I'm still, I'm still not very good at that. And so, uh, um, <clears throat> and so, uh, um, I went to a meeting every morning and I loved it. I, oh, I, here's the same thing. I, I do, I, I'll continue to do things that make me feel good. Just like the running, 
just like the extra that made me feel better. And guess what? When I went to a meeting, for some reason, I went in all turning ah, this, that, and the other thing. And I'd walk out. And I'm like, oh, it's not so bad. I just felt better. And when I picked up the phone and talked to my sponsor, I'd be, ah, and, and, and I would just feel better. I am all about, I'm a junkie for feeling good. Now, now here's the thing. For, if you're a compulsive overeater, if when you honestly want to, you cannot stop. So, so honestly, when I want to, that's the obsession of the mind. When I honestly want to, I cannot stop entirely, right? That's the mental obsession. So then we got to that. We got to that. He says, hey, so after 30 to 60 days, whatever it was, we just, so we started meeting after the 730 uh, um, meeting on Sunday, we started going to breakfast. And he says, uh, he says, what have you put on your plate in the last 30 to 60 days? Everything's going well. I'm, I mean, the weight's just dropping off because basically I was, I was eating protein, vegetables, fruit. That was kind of it. You know, it was, very, it was a very simple plan. And so, 20 minutes. Um, oh, perfect. This is great. We're right. We're into the steps. And so, uh, um, so he says, what have you put on your plate in the last 30 days? And I don't know why I was honest with him. I really don't. I, I think I really thought I was going to get more of those foods. <laughs> I really did. He says, what have you put on your plates in the last 30 to 60 days? That is, as soon as you put it on your plate, you wanted the second helping. Because for me, I can trigger this disease with extra helpings. I can, I can be abstinent and put extra helpings on my plate and, and still, because our goal is moving towards and maintaining a healthy body weight. And I can, I can trigger the disease by extra helpings. And he's like, and I was like, and I don't know why I was honest. I think it's still a mistake that I was honest. But uh, um, I said flour, or I said, I said rice, and I said potatoes. And he goes, Tim, he goes, those are, those are also alcoholic foods. And I'm like, whoa, 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 He goes, I'm like, he goes, those foods you like to get high with. You like the effect they have on you. You like to feel good, right? And you, get, you feel good with those things. And you don't have that feeling when, when it's green beans or carrots or chicken. And I'm like, you're right. And I mean, but, but, but whoa, 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 what about brown rice? And he goes, what, what, what about, what about, uh, what about, what about, what about baked potatoes? I, it was just the potato salad. And he goes, he goes, Timmy, he says, we can do this any way you want to. He says, but, but he goes, it's been my experience and I've been around 10 years and I've worked with a lot of people. He says, if you're playing with any form or any derivative of your alcoholic foods, you're going to find a way to make it an alcoholic food. And then you might trigger the disease. And when you trigger the disease, your body is not going to let it go just because you want to. See, that's what the, the step, step one is. Even though I want to, I can't stop. Even though I know what the consequences are, even though I believe that it's right not to eat these foods. And even though I know all this, I believe it and I have experience, but yet my body will not allow me to stop once I start. So I've got this twofold disease. I got a mind that tells me that's just chipping at me. Beep, beep, hey, Tim, here. Like a little puppy going, beep, 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 like a little bunny rabbit. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, and it's just chipping at me. All it's doing is watching. It's just watching me saying, oh, you don't want to go to meetings? Well, that's the way I'm going to go in. Oh, you don't want to make phone calls? Well, that's the way I'm going to enter in. Oh, you don't want to listen to this person? Oh, and it, all it's doing is watch. It doesn't have to do push-ups. It doesn't have to do anything. It just It's there. It just is watching me. So I've got that part. And that's what I failed to realize my first time through. I failed. I wasn't awoken to this is a serious piece of business that I'm going to have to be. This is going to be part of my business of recovery. And so and so this time through, it was like, oh, I'm really serious. And my sponsor and I, 
He sent me the steps. My steps are still on Gmail somewhere. He sent me 30 questions for steps one. Didn't read the big book. Didn't read. Uh, I read a little bit out of the big book. I read a little bit out of 12 and 12. Read a little bit. Yeah, just whatever he asked me to do. I was, whatever he asked me to do, it worked. <laughs> now, I don't sponsor guys that way because I just not, I, I found that there was something a little bit that worked a little better for me. That's okay. And so, and so, uh, uh, um, you know, we went through the steps. I did my fourth step is still, there's 170 questions. I did them right on Gmail. I did a little bit every day. Sometimes I would answer one question because it was, it was, it was, it was 10 sentences of what I had to write. Sometimes I would answer three questions in a day because it was, no, this does not apply. And I went through it. I just did what I was asked to do. And the weight kind of came off. And, and that's been my experience. I really, this just keeps getting better for me. I, I, I am really and for me, I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to either need a lot of food or I'm going to need a lot of recovery. And so now for me, I call it God. I, I didn't get there right away. I didn't get there. It, I don't know what happened at year, about year six. I love listening to speaker tapes. That, that's my special sauce. I'm not a big, I really, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a big, meetings don't bring me a lot of ease and comfort. They really don't. Not, not you know, uh, I, I can get judgmental and critical. I, I, that's just part of my thing. But, but, but one of the things I like listening to speaker tapes, I like listening to recovered individuals and I'll listen all day long. I'm out walking, I'm out working. I just pop them in and I'm going, I, my goodness, I, that, I just love that. Right. And so, uh, um, I, I do that because it makes me feel good. I am, I'm here today because it makes me feel good because I have to, I, now we're camping. I get to spend the rest of the day with my family, which is a huge trigger for me. Now, not, not to food, not to food. My food is very, it's very, listen, I've already, I've, I've brought my food. I've got my scales. I've got, I've, I already packed my salads. All my salads are already packed and then, and they're all good to go. So I just, I, the, 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 the work has been done. I just now have to pull them out and execute the plan, which is, that's what worked for me. And so, uh, um, so now, I, how do I want to go through the day? I want to go through the day as peaceful as possible with as little bit of wreckage. Because again, I, go, I tend towards the aggressive side. I go to the bully. I'm not, I'm not the person that tries to manipulate people by being nice. I try, my, my reflex is bully. And so I'll do that to, I will do that to my kids without a doubt. I'll do it to my wife because uh, you know, if I can get away with it, because that, that's what I do. Un, unaided unconnected to a higher power i am that's what i do that's where the needle rests and if i don't get my medicine here if i don't listen to you if i don't share my story if i don't awaken and that's all we're doing i awoken to how serious this was i awaken to if i don't do this work i can i, I can't expect to be centered and to be to be a, a man of service today it's so funny. I went to an all-boys Catholic high school, and their motto was men for others. And I remember when the, when the priest said that to me, I'm like, what a crock of shit. I'm like, you're in it for the money. <laughs> and now it really is. It's like we are, we're, we're people for other people. We are here. I feel really good when, I, when someone calls me and says, hey, Tim, I'm having a problem. And then I can – and, and I, I really, I, most of the time, I have nothing for them. I really, I don't have any, any um, secrets or any mystery for them. All I do is just, we just kind of reason it out. And then, and then they just feel a little bit better. 
and then it might go back up and they make another call. And, and we just stem the tide a lot of times until a solution, until we awaken to our own solution. That's all we do. We stem the tide for each other. We help each other not eat until the solution comes from within because that's where, that's where the book says, deep within us, the great reality is deep within us. And that's the only place we're gonna find it. But it's blocked by a lot of, it's blocked by fear. It's blocked by resentment. It's blocked by judgment and criticism and self-seeking. I'm a self-seeker, even when trying to be good. So I need, I need power, real power, because I wanted to be a good person. I read all those books, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I did all that. I took the, I took the courses so I could, I could manipulate you into thinking that I was a good person. <laughs> and, then, and my sponsor said, why don't you just be a good person? <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. And you know, he's always so sage that way, you know. When I tell him my problems, he actually has a he, he actually has some good ideas. So that's all I got for today. Uh, I'm excited to hear from you guys and um, be here with us, so we so we don't have to hurt ourselves with food. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tim. I'll just.